Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Live and Learn with Daniel Floyd. For those of you that don't know me, I'm your host, Daniel. I'm a teacher and a family man, striving to be better every day through open-minded conversations. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. On this episode, my wife and I are discussing a theme that has been very prominent in our lives lately, and that theme is decay. And by decay, I mean the reality that everything around us, whether it's our homes, our cars, even our bodies, is slowly breaking down or falling apart. Now, this conversation is not just an abstract philosophical discussion that we came up with. No, (laughs) we have had some very practical, tangible encounters with this idea of decay, specifically regarding our house which may or may not involve a flooded basement in our recent past, but uh, more on that later in the episode. Not only do Shaleen and I discuss the plethora of home improvement and home maintenance projects we've had to wade through, we also look at what scripture says about this theme of decay, tracing its roots all the way back to the book of Genesis. We also discuss how part of our role as Christians is to live a restorative lifestyle, by reversing and preventing decay in every area of our lives. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yourself, please consider doing so. We greatly appreciate the support. Okay, that's enough from me. Let's get into the episode. Pretty sure tables all come at like the same height. Isn't there like a standard table height? Sure. But then there's a tall table. Yeah. I feel like that if you have a sit down kind of average dinner table, they're always like whatever this is, like three feet or something. Is that true? I doubt it. If you're listening to the show and you know about tables, HMU. Wow. That's lingo for hit me up. I'm pretty sure that's not true, because if you think about it, even if they are at this table height, so many of them have that, like, under piece that if you try to cross your legs, you whack your leg into it really hard. Yeah. (sighs) I hate that. (laughs) The eternal problem of tables having legs where our legs want to go. No, no, no. Not the legs. Just the internal structure. You know what I'm saying? Like, usually on leaf tables, for some reason. Oh, the little lip underneath? Yes, there's like a big lip. It's not little. It's usually quite large. Okay. Lots of tables have that. And it hurts. Very much, yep. Got it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't know. Well, thanks for coming back on the show. Gladly. I just realized we're matching. Aww. Look at us being cute. Wow. We're two days into the school year, and we are still... Alive. <laughs> On it. Mm. Yes. So, yeah, I'm pretty tired. I don't know how you feel. I'm exhausted. Oh, dear. It's been nonstop in the office. Like, it's one thing to, like, have my hour of math class. Okay, sure. That takes a lot of work. Yes, absolutely. But then the rest of my job is, like, making sure that everyone else is good to go. Holy cow. No one is good to go. And they <laughs> all need everything. Amazing. That's and not you're true. the one who's going to... Get it all together, because you're the superwoman. Well, thank you, but no. Everyone's very capable. I just do what I can to help. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I wanted to talk to you about kind of all all the craziness. I feel uh, accomplished about how we've been taking care of our house lately, and I feel defeated at we how much we've had to take care of our house lately. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, I don't know. And I... Uh, saw a journal entry that you wrote a couple weeks ago. I think you maybe you showed it to me. Just last week. Yeah, I showed it to you. You texted it to me, and I thought it was good. And so I thought it was a good kind of, I don't know how else to say it, metaphysical, abstract way of looking at how the world works and how our life as homeowners 
ties into that higher reality. Mm-hmm. And so I was just interested to talk about it. But yeah, our basement flooded a couple weeks ago. Or was that yeah. a month ago? No, that was the third. So it's just been like a couple, almost three weeks. Well, three weeks. Yeah. Yes. Our small Midwestern town got dumped on. Like seven inches of rain in two hours. It was insanity. Um, we were out of town. Yeah. We were at J- Daniel's Jiu-Jitsu tournament in Kansas City. Yeah, which that was super fun. Um more about that, I guess, later. I don't know. I didn't win, but it was super fun. Anyway, but meanwhile, uh, while I was raining down sweat on the mats. Wow. Sorry, bad transition. Uh, it was raining down actual rain. <laughs> actual rain. Sorry. <laughs> raining down rain. Yeah, it was raining down. And a friend of ours down the street sent a video of her unfinished basement. And it was just a video of, first of all, standing water yeah. down there. But then not only leaking water or trickling water into her basement but a waterfall gushing through the wall yeah like different little cracks filling her unfinished basement and we were like oh my yeah and she doesn't have a sump pump right thankfully we do yes and so as far as we know well we do know our sump pump did get all the water out yes but it seems like it was not able to keep up with the water new and so from the looks of the little watermark in our basement, it looks like we had up to eight inches yeah. standing water in our basement. So um, it's kind of funny because we have a lot of boxes and storage down there and it's on a raised platform to keep it above water. And the water got high enough to soak the bottom of all of our cardboard boxes and stuff yeah. like that. And so... That was kind of a mess. And then, unfortunately, the worst part of that is it completely took out our hot water heater. Yep. And it partially took out... Well, I mean, it decommissioned our HVAC. Yeah, it blew the control board and blower motor. Yeah, so So. it wasn't working. Um, Thankfully, we didn't have to, like, replace the whole thing. But uh, we did have to replace some parts on it, so... Yep. So we got home from Daniel's tournament and... uh, First, I was, like, trying to rescue a couple boxes of, like, Christmas decorations and stuff. And that was taking a while and was really messy. And meanwhile, Daniel goes to, like, try to take an ice bath. I go to turn on the air conditioner because we'd turn it off while we were gone. It did not kick on. I was like, oh, no. So we're like, okay, whatever. So we pause the ice bath situation to get one of our upstairs air conditioning window units and bring it downstairs to one of the windows that will fit down there. Get that going. Daniel takes his ice bath. Finishes his ice bath and wants a hot bath and no hot water. (laughs) And by this time, it's like 1030 on a Saturday night. And we're like, well, all right then. So I phoned a friend and showered at their house Sunday morning before church. And that was the rest of the week as well. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just something. I mean, we're still relatively new homeowners. And so I think we're still adjusting to the emotional experiences that come with that but man there's just something really like draining and taxing of like coming home from a trip and it was literally a day trip like we left friday night we came back saturday night but it's like it's a trip we had to pack up we had to go somewhere so it's like there's kind of some tiredness well and i'm physically exhausted um sure so i'm still a white belt in jujitsu and so the short version is i hadn't fully learned how to conserve my energy and i didn't always make the best decisions to conserve energy. And so I really fatigued my shoulders really bad in my second match. And like, I couldn't even necessarily like hold my hands up on top of the steering wheel to drive home. I was just kind of like drooping them. And so it was no 10 and two, it was like four and seven or whatever. It was just like, and then my, my, some of my groin muscles really hurt. So I was just like spent and then you get home and it's just like, I just want a bath I just want to go to bed or at least relax. And then it's like, no, you need to go down to the basement and look at the damage from a flood. And then you need to think about insurance. And then you need to like deal with the mud on your shoes and not track that through all the house because there's mud getting on you because you walk down there to go assess the damage. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, (laughs) And then you got to like come up and then you're just trying to take your bath and then you want some hot water and then there is no hot water and then there's no air conditioning and it's just like, ah, I just want to, I just want to go to bed. Well, And and I'm the one, I say I, we are the ones who have to deal with it. Like 
to quote Andy Minio, nobody's coming. <laughs> it's just oh like, goodness. I don't know. I can kind of say it in jest now, but like in the moment, it's just like, man, there's so much to deal with. And did it really have to happen now? Like, did it have to be tonight? So it's the way it goes. I don't know. I must say, though, I feel we did a very good job of handling it and like calmly working with one another to handle it. Yes. And and that's one thing I really appreciate about you, about us, is Mm -hmm. that as taxing and as annoying it is, like we don't resort to bickering and yelling at each other and fighting like we get annoyed and maybe we get a little short with each other. (laughs) But like we don't fight like we work together. Yeah, We, we work together and we take care of the problem. Yeah. And so as much as I don't want to come upstairs and unscrew the window unit from the window and then lug it down the stairs and put it in the bathroom window, like we get it done and we figure it out together. Yes. <laughs> and you, oh, and then I, and I was trying to take the window unit out of the window and it was flooded with water. So now I'm trying to like take it down the stairs and there's like water dripping down. It's just like, ah. Which is why I knew that was going to happen and yes. I grabbed a towel. <laughs> And you put it underneath. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I don't know. And for me, it's like, Shalene, why are you so like, there's not a boogeyman around every corner. Like there's not water in the window unit that's going to drip. And then like I pull it out and it's like, yep, there's water in the window. (laughs) I'm like, I tried to tell you that's how these things work. Yeah. So, Uh, so anyway, that was, that was, I don't know, like just a classic homeowner experience. Like your house has to flood at one point in your lifetime. Right. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I like, feel that's... like with our basement, it's going to flood more than once in our lifetime unless we move. Yeah. Um, our foundation is great, but the little retaining walls that hold the dirt back for our storage space down there is very cracked. Yep. Cracked. Anywho. Yeah. Decay. Decay. Well, yeah. And so just even so then, but then there's more, right? So okay. I want to talk about this idea of decay. All I, right. I told you that before the episode, which is why you're bringing it up. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, Sorry, I thought you mentioned it already. Maybe I did. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to go back. Um, but like, that's fine. And then it's like, and we're trying to stain the deck. Oh, yes. The deck. The deck. The deck. Dexa. Dexa. Right. Back deck, front porch. So many decks. All of the outdoor living spaces. Wood. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> we want to restain it. Uh, Shalene pretty much power washed the whole front and back of it um, by herself a month ago. Woot, yeah. Yeah, and so... over It was two months ago now. It was basically a whole Saturday afternoon. Yeah, which is kind of tiring. Um, and then, I mean, you did stain most of it. I stained a little bit, um, like the fence on one part and which I appreciate and some poles and whatnot, but it's like in, in our minds, it was like, this is like a two day project. You power wash. Yeah. You wait a few days and then you take another day and you just stain the whole thing. LOL. Jokes on us. No, it's like we buy, what did we start with? Two gallons of stain. Yeah. And then we like go through a whole gallon and then we go through a whole other gallon. It's like. We're like a third done. And like each gallon of stain is like $45 or $50. It's just like, got to go back to Home Depot and then keep brushing. I meant to keep record. How many did we end up using? Four and like a quarter, right? Because we have our fifth one. I I mean, at least four. Man. And I was like, yeah, this is supposed to be a cheap two-day project. And it's been yeah. it's been like multiple days. Inter- because then it'll rain randomly. And then we have to wait a few more days. And well, and then we went to Tucson and Right. And then like we that. come back. So two months later, I just finished it like last week or something. Yeah. The week before. I don't know. Regardless, I thought it would take a day of work. No, 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 no. And it's not like we have a giant back deck. I mean, it actually is pretty good size. For our house and for our neighborhood, yes. Well, and even just if you think about, I don't know, like it doesn't look like much, but then when you really look at like the square footage that really is wood deck, it's yeah, a lot. I'm bad at areas. Is it? I don't, don't ask me that question. 200 square feet? Ah, uh, don't ask me that question. Okay. No clue. Anyway. But it is large enough to be. I would, okay. I, can I do- took it for granted until I was down on my hands and knees staining it for hours. Yeah. I think I can do yards. It's like seven yards wide and maybe like 20 yards long. So something like that. Yeah, that sounds, mm-hmm. yeah. that sounds about potentially. Maybe five yards wide, something like that. And then, and then there's a front porch, which is nice. 
Anyway, it's bigger than we thought. Yeah. And then, so then, so then there's that. And then we had to make a new gate that goes to the deck from the side of the house. Yep. And so it was like, got to go to Home Depot and buy the wood for that and screw it in. And then you got to hang it in the hot sun. And then you screw it in with the wrong nails or wrong. I keep saying nails, screws, screw in the screws. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I knew the screws were too long, so they're all sticking out like a half inch on the other on the inside of the gate. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, oh, we can just clip them off or like grind them off and then just stain over and it's fine. And then my dad was like, mm-hmm. I think it would be nicer if you just unscrew all of them and replace them with shorter screws because the hole's already made. And I'm just like, no, that sounds like more work, but it might just end up being the same work. I think it'll be and, way easier than grinding it all. And then you backed him up and was like, I think it'll just make it look nicer and stuff. Yes. And I'm like... Okay, I'll go and do another home task. But that hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet, but I've I've made the first step in resolving that I'm accepting that it will happen. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> right, so like I don't know, in the, like the decision making process, yes, you yes, have to yes. like accept that it's going to happen. Yes. Um, so there's that, but then also you were wonderful that same day that you built the gate and you worked on cleaning out our gutters. Was that the same day? Yeah. Yeah, and then it was cleaning out the gutter. So we had this big storm that flooded our basement. Um, and then you get on the roof only to realize like, oh yeah, all the gutters are like completely clogged Yep. and there's standing water in the gutters. And so like, can you say mosquito colony? Yeah. Uh, So many bites. Yeah. And so I got to get up there and like dig out the sludge and then throw it down and, and then go buy gutter guards, gutter guards at home Depot and like stick those in and yeah, I don't know. It's just been like an onslaught of home improvement projects or it's, I don't know. It's like home improvement or just like home maintenance projects. I feel like, yeah. Which is just like, uh, does it ever end? Yeah. Well, and then that's on top of like receiving bills for your appendectomy and what else happened? Was that the only thing? I don't know. We've been, out of town a lot so we've been spending money so we're like oh the budget's tight and just i don't know stuff like that yeah i was just trying to think but then all of this also and i can read my journal entry at some point if you want me to but yeah i mean so all of this stuff has been happening and i just felt like what you said in your journal kind of captures a principle of life Mm, yeah that is kind of being manifested yeah and so Okay. Yeah, you should tell us about it. What I also wanted to say, though, was that like all of the house stuff kind of also is interwoven with William's stuff. And I don't know what the deal is there, but kind of just like since William came, like our house seems even more like a part of our family. Like I remember when we pulled up to the house coming home from the hospital being like, hi, house. William's not with us. Sorry. And like, I don't know. I just feel that way about our house. Like not that I'm so in love with it that I don't ever want to move, but it. I don't know. It's important to me. It's our safe space. And like, it's like, it's like a character in our story. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. And so, um, so I think it being not okay with the water heater and the air conditioning, though we were fine. Like we didn't need that and we could shower at other people's houses. That was fine. It's it like, it was just the, our house wasn't okay. And that kind of like triggered then a ton of just emotional like grief response in me and like brought up all the William stuff again. And so I was just thinking about like the brevity of life and the vanity of life and the depravity of life. Like, (laughs) yeah. So the Monday and Tuesday after the storm on Saturday, I was, uh, having a rough time. Yeah. Uh, another thought that came to my mind that I wanted to ask you about is, um, yeah, you seem to respond way more emotionally mm-hmm. about our house than I did. Mm-hmm. Is there also a part of it that's related to a sense of safety and security? Yeah, totally. Where it's like home is the safe, secure space. And so when it's not okay, like we don't have hot water or air conditioning, a sense of safety is compromised for you? I think so. I don't think I would say that consciously. Yeah, I mean, sure. But I think that definitely is tied to the emotional response of it. Slash, I think it's also also the stress of figuring it out, like doing the adult things to get it fixed and like pay the money to get it fixed. Oh, yeah. And we had to call insurance and be like, hey, you want to pay for this flood, like, even though we hey. don't even though we don't have flood insurance. And they're like, <laughs> nice try. And yeah. we were like, dang it. Thought so. 
Yeah. So. so just all of those things. I think it was a mixture of all of it. A mixture of like feels tied to William. It's a member of our family, safe space, and then just stress of you're dealing with extra stuff that you don't want to have to deal with. Yeah. So all of those things. Yeah. So what'd you put in your journal? All right. I am pulling it up. All right. I'll just read what I wrote. So I realized what it is. I'm sad that this world faces decay. As silly or random as that may sound. I'm sad that weeds grow back to take over places. Oh, because that's another thing. I'd also spent like a couple hours weeding our driveway. All mm. the cracks. Yeah. <gasps> Um, I'm sad that decks require resealing and roofs re-roofing. I'm sad that foundations crack and cars need oil changes. And if neglected too long, a house or car or maybe even person that was once beautiful and a place full of life and love is overgrown and broken down. I'm sad that people, we, get old. Our bodies and minds fail us. Ones who at one point were vibrant and hopeful and full of dreams become shells just waiting for their heart to stop beating. Where is the hope? Where is the restoration? Is this the part of me that is, quote, all creation groaning? Yes. Just read in Romans. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its enslavement to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together as it suffers together the pains of labor, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. That's Romans eight nineteen through 23. The preface to that whole section is, I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy, or excuse me, are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. Romans 8 verse 18. So I'm seeing and feeling the futility and decay. Help me patiently wait with hope. Can I see and feel that too? Or do I just feel the labor pains and continue to see the decay while the eyes of faith and hope do the work of seeing the glory that is to come? Then right after that larger chunk, it says, for in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what one already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Romans 8, 24 and 25. And then Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, and then I just ended up writing out the rest of Romans chapter 8 because we pull out a lot of those verse chunks mm -hmm. to use. Like it's the, now there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Like, um... Like he hope. works everything for good. Yes, that's 828. Like the, what can separate us. Exactly. That's the very end of the chapter. What can separate us, neither height nor depth nor any of that. And then like hope that is not seen. We pull that out all the time. Like creation groaning, we pull that out all the time. Um, the spirit making intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Like that's in there. Um, and we pull out all of those chunks. But it's all in the same chapter together. Hmm. And the other day when I was journaling this, it was just all... It was perfect, honestly, because I started in the chunk that I first read, the verse 19 through 23. And then as I kept asking questions, the rest of the chapter answered it, either earlier on or later. And I was like, boy, this is the first time I've read this chapter and all of it has been like directly applicable in that moment. Mm. Um, and it was just really good. And even Jeremy's message, even this last Sunday, hit on it too, of just faith. Like, what is faith? And even that longing and that desire of, like, all I see is the decay. All I see is everything breaking down. Like, can I see the hope? Can I feel the hope? Like, please? Because all I'm seeing and feeling is the decay and the loss and the sadness. And realizing that, like, no, that's not faith. That's that's not hope. Like, hope, It that verse says that, like, hope that is seen is not hope. Right. If you can like, see it, then you're not really hoping for exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was just that answer, which is such a bummer, really. Like, part <laughs> of me is like, really, Lord? Like, really? But then it's just the truth of like, no, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we have a hope in that eternally. And so just like 
I don't know. And, and what kind of spurred all of this was as I was driving to work this particular morning, I passed a house that was starting, like it had beautiful flower bushes in its front yard, but they were getting really overgrown. And then the house itself was getting overgrown with weeds and like really needed a paint job. And it looked like nobody lived there anymore. And it just struck me that like that house probably at one point had a family that like lived life and loved life and was like living there. Like someone planted those bushes, you know what I mean? And like, and it just really hit me that like, man, everything like what's it matter like it's it's going to fall apart like you have to take care of it and eventually someone's not going to and yeah so just so feeling the gravity of that side of it of like the decay and the futility and asking the lord like please lord don't just show me this side like don't just let me become cynical because i see the depth of like the bummerness and the sadness and the brokenness of this world. But please also, as you're showing me this, let me have a deeper understanding and a deeper hope and a more mature hope because of all of this. Like, I don't want to just mature on the one side and then still be all fluffy over on the like faith and hope mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just all the brain thoughts. Yeah. I just, it's just funny because that principle of decay and hope and faith or those principles are all valid always. And they probably show up in a lot of different areas of life, but it's, it's just funny. I think there's something specific about your house and Mm. dealing with your house that just really puts that to a fine point, at least for me. And maybe it's because I really, really dislike (laughs) maintaining a home and fixing things up. Yeah. Uh, So maybe if I had a different, set of talents and interests. Maybe it would be different for me, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. So I don't know, for me, it's just really poignant. But it also reminds me of some podcasts I've been listening to from The Bible Project. Yeah. I was listening to a little series of episodes they did about heaven and earth Hmm. and Mm -hmm. talking about, well, what does the Bible say about heaven? Hmm. And when you see the word heaven in the Bible, how did the original readers of that text understand what it means. And I mean, they go, they do five hours worth of discussion on it. So I'm not going to unpack all of it necessarily. Um, But just kind of a short answer or short way of describing it would be heaven is God's space. So heaven is the place where God is. Right. And then earth is the place where we are. Mm -hmm. And the Bible starts out in the very beginning where God's space and man's space are overlapped. It's the same place. Mm -hmm. And so that's this idea of Eden. Mm -hmm. It's like this beautiful garden where God and man have fellowship and communion and they inhabit the same space. Whereas after the fall, now there's a separation. Mm -hmm. Now God's space is not our space. It's somewhere else. And the Bible doesn't necessarily go into detail of like, well, which direction is it? And, you know, whatever, like that. But but the kind of meta, semi-metaphorical explanation is like, well, it's up there. It's up in the sky, right? The heavens. Sure. Um, but it just refers to like where God is. And so like we are still living in the post-Genesis 3 world right where god's space and man's space are still somewhat separate sure and so because of that our world experiences decay well but you seem confused no i'm not confused i just feel like there's not a fullness of what you're saying because christ came yeah and he said the kingdom of heaven is now like at hand Yes. And like is among you. Mm-hmm. And so there's something. And then like the the temple of God is now within us. Yes. We are like the our temple. body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there is an overlap where now we as God's people bring heaven. Yes. And so that's maybe that conflict of between the decay and brokenness of this world with the faith and hope where you go in there. Right. So because I feel like that's necessary. Yes. I'm speaking with lack of nuance. And and you're bringing that in. So, yes, Christ came. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so God, God's presence is, 
around us and it is in us and yeah. we can have access to his presence through Christ. Well, and we're told to pray like your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, because, that's... right. And then, but we're told to pray that because it hasn't been fully realized. Sure. So maybe a better way to say it is it's a work in progress. Right. Right. There's still a second coming. Yes. That needs to take place. Uh-huh. And the complete reunification and the complete restoration of our earth has not yet taken place. Right. And the Bible talks about, and it's just intriguing also from these podcasts to think about how like the Bible doesn't say we go to heaven and stay there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually say that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Christians are like, yeah, if you get saved and you die, you go to heaven. It's like, kind of. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at what scripture says, it just says you will be with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so you can do some deductive logic of like, okay, Christ is in heaven because that's God's space. And if we're with Christ, then we're in heaven. Okay, sure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate, ultimate end of the end of the end of the story is that, no, we are supposed to end up back on earth and earth is restored and the place where man inhabits is now reunited with God's place and heaven and earth now become a I don't know a conjoined and overlapping a unified place for us to live hmm. and and so all of that to say we're not there yet and so you know there's there's verses that talk about how nature groans and it like it's like yeah, crying that's out in Romans rubber. 8 oh okay yeah sorry that's what I just read okay sorry Bad. it's all right for some reason I feel like that's in Corinthians nope wow okay my bad I mean there is another passage that says everything was created for him and through him, but that's not Corinthians either. I'm not thinking of that. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. So yeah, the thing you literally just read. Good, good right. job. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. And so it's just like, man, that is like, that's, that can be like a poetic thing of like, oh, nature is groaning, but it's like, no, your basement flooded and your gutters are full of gunk and they're clogged and your cars are falling apart. You know, it's just well, like, and I like it's just a very real thing. I can't remember that if with. that passage says it directly, that it groans like in labor. That's a phrase that I'm thinking of. That's, I'm pretty sure that's directly in that passage. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's not a pleasant Yeah. Coming from. Thing. Like. Com- humans understand labor pains, or at least half of them do. I think it's so interesting, though, that a man writes this. You know what I mean? I mean, it's the way it is, and they know, obviously, it looks painful, but it's just interesting that it's used throughout scripture and a lot of places as, like, the pain thing is a woman in travail, like childbirth. And it's like, hmm, hmm, I don't know, just a side note. You're just like, must be nice to only have to write about it. Kind of, of, yeah, (laughs) I guess that's how I feel about it. Yes, I just think it's interesting that, like, that is the, that, that is the pain, you know? the quintessence of pain. Yes, yeah. And it's all these guys writing about it. It's that bad that they know. I guess. It's so bad that it's it transcends. Just, which is a thing even today, you know, like that's the that's the thing of like, are kidney stones worse than having a baby? Like, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The earth does not groan as in passing a kidney stone. Yeah. They probably didn't even know what that was. But. I don't know. Anyway, back to topic. But yeah. Groaning. Um, but yeah. So this idea of decay reminds me of this idea that heaven and earth are not fully reunited yet. And yeah. we're, we pray for the kingdom to come and we are part of bringing the kingdom of manifesting the kingdom. Um, but it's not fully done yet. So another thing it reminded me of was Romans five. Yeah. Are Where you, the, the progression of the, yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about hope and you're like, Mm-hmm. Man, can we like we know there's supposed Romans, to be hope? Like three through five, five, three through five. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, and it's like we're supposed to have faith, but like, do we get to see it? Like, is there any proof or anything? And it's like, well, kind of, kind of, not really, right? If you're hoping, then by definition, you don't see the full actualization of it, or else you wouldn't be hoping, right? But there's like a down payment. There's a substance. Well. There's that evidence. triggers something else, you saying down payment, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm just reminded of Romans 5 where it says, um, 
it says we have access through faith to peace with God. But it says, not only this, not only do we have glory in God, it says we also rejoice in our sufferings. <laughs> so it's That's like, a theme. so yeah. it just got done talking about like, we have peace with God, like we have been justified. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, and not only that, are you saved? You get to now rejoice in your sufferings. And mm-hmm. it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then like, if we read on. And it's because we know that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and mm-hmm. character produces hope. Yeah. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And I really puzzled over that progression. There's so much. I, I'm sure there's a lot to unpack there. And I remember journaling like an epiphany I had as I was reading through it. But it was just interesting. It was like, okay, suffering produces endurance. Okay, that kind of makes sense. Like, if I'm suffering, I got to endure. Yeah. And, like, I get stronger. Well, and and I, even from I, a physiological standpoint, like, when, when you, you work out and you stress your muscles and they suffer, endurance happens. Yeah. Like, you get stronger. If you run and stress your cardiovascular yeah. system, if you do it right, you gain endurance and now yep. you can run farther. So, yeah, it's even... True in our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the physiological, but then also psychologically. But then endurance produces character and character produces hope. And one thing that stood out to me when I was reading this recently is that that progression only works or it only even happens through God's Holy Spirit. Hmm. Okay. Because if you don't have the love of God and the Spirit of God working in your life, what does suffering lead to? Bitterness. Hurt. Yeah. Wounds. Brokenness. Yeah. Dysfunction in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, suffering only produces character if your heart is in a place where it can receive the suffering so that it grows from it and actually makes you a stronger person. What would you say, because you're saying that's only in Christ, what would you say, though, to someone who doesn't believe in Christ but does have the like, well, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of the, th- the same thing of like, well, if you're not saved, can you be a good person? It's like, k- sure, but kinda, like, what's the end? Right. You can okay. do good things, but you are not righteous and justified before God. Cool. So then, but then in this progression, so suffering, so like, can you endurance, be a- endurance producing character. Yeah. I think they could get that far, but then character producing hope. I think that's where it totally falls apart. Yeah. What hope do you have? Outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can fully unpack that exactly, but yeah. it oh, just, anyway. it just showed me of like how if you are in Christ and you are suffering, Mm-hmm. whether it's fixing your basement or whether you've got something <laughs> terrible, like someone died in your family or, you know, there's cancer, like something really, really traumatic. Any type of suffering can lead to perseverance and character. Yeah. And if you see that progression happening in your life, that produces hope because you go, oh, wait a second, God is at work. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know the the realization I had is like oh if you're if you're in that progression that's a glimpse of the hope you were talking about earlier of like can I see it it's like the Bible's like well kind of you get a sneak preview yeah and it's cool that the sneak preview is in us hmm. like my life and the way God works in my life and how and then this is the other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode is like we usher in the restoration Hmm. or we're part of it. Mm -hmm. Like Christ has to return in Christ. He does it. Provides the way. Yeah. But some, for some reason he chooses to involve us. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's just what scripture says. Like I'm thinking of Ephesians one where it's like, this is, this was God's will and it gave him great pleasure. It was like, God just wanted to involve us in his story and he wanted to save us and bring us back into his family. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I kind of see that as this as well of like, no, we are supposed to fix our house. God doesn't come down from heaven and fix our house. We are supposed to unclog the gutters. We are supposed to stain the deck. We are supposed to put band-aids on cuts. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to set broken bones. Like we are supposed to manage our finances and invest it in businesses that will then multiply that money. Like there's a mandate put on 
us as humans, broadly speaking, we're like, we are supposed to tend the garden, so to speak, the Eden. Well, that also makes me think of uh, being created in the image of God. Right. And the fact that like he creates and he restores. Yeah. And that even in that we are his image bearers. Yeah. We're like copying we, him. Yeah. That w- that it makes sense that we also are to re- bring restoration. And then that, I mean, that overlaps with the gospel and being ambassadors of reconciliation and things like that. Like yeah. it talks about also in Romans, but I think in Romans. Probably. Ambassadors of reconciliation. Pretty sure that's Romans. Oh, anyway. a ministry of reconciliation? Yeah. I think that's Corinthians. Ambassadors. Okay. It's been a minute since I've read that. My yeah, bad. We'll go find it. But okay, what was the end of five again? Where it says and character hope, and then what about the hope? Because that hope. always that has a ton in it. Yeah, hope does not put us to shame. Uh huh. Or another translation, hope does not disappoint. Okay. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And that's kind of the thing I was puzzling when I was reading. I'm like, okay, what's the logic here? It's like hope, the hope won't let you down. You will not be let down in the hope you have. Right. Because God poured out his love through the Holy Spirit. And see, earlier when you said the like, did you say the down payment? Yeah. Okay. That made me think of another scripture that says like, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Yes. And... And just that idea. And there's the there's a word that's used in there that's kind of it triggers that same down payment thought that like the Holy Spirit is the down payment of your salvation. And like it is the proof, like the hope. Like I don't know that it uses the word hope, but it it just is overlapping in my brain here with this idea yes. that like his spirit, his love poured out in your heart is a down payment For of what's this the- hope. Yeah. Of a restored universe. Yeah. More more or less. Of life with him, I think, is the more general thing that's mentioned. Which is implied for restored universe implied we have direct communion with God. Okay, yeah. Yes. Then yes. We're both right. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. There's just so much packed into that little section. And then of course, like when you're talking about suffering leading to endurance and you have James chapter one, like the trying of your faith works patience. So let patience have a perfect work that you might be perfect and entire lacking nothing. Um, and that perfection being maturity is the translation there. Yeah. And And so it's just, it's just wild how we are in, in the seemingly mundane life stuff. Mm -hmm. We are participating in, like cosmic narratives of like, this is happening on a micro level in our house, Uh but it's a parallel to a higher narrative, a higher reality of what is happening across history over humanity. At least that's how I see it as a Christian. (laughs) So does that make you view house fixer upper tasks differently? It validates that it's suffering. (laughs) <laughs> wow so, well, yeah but you should like bear your cross gladly right because like wow you're... the manipulation that's i'm a... not <laughs> intending I'm you should enjoy curious. we've already talked about this so also of how like i think i'm accepting that like i'm the default home fixer upper because mm. we've kind of talked of like oh shaleen is handy and she likes to do that stuff and i think we've kind of come to a place with our marriage where it's like no, I think Dan. We we think Daniel is the default home fixer upper. Shaleen helps. Shaleen maintains. Yeah. But Daniel is like the go to to like go to Home Depot, go to Menards, go to Walmart, buy the things, fix the things. Yeah. And then and then also more clearly like any dangerous uh, tasks like getting on ladders, getting on roofs, or crawling through mud like that's the man job. And so that's just what man. it is. <laughs> I'm really glad we had that conversation. <laughs> Are you relieved? I, I just have so much peace now where before I was like, yeah, I can do the things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Nervous laugh. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah. So anyway, I mean, I've just I think I've just accepted it. Thanks. But I just wondered because that gives it purpose. Like, yes, there's suffering in it, but also, like, how cool. You get to be a little Christ in our home. Woot, woot. Fair Restoration. Enough. It's a all little, the thing. Like, you know, 
It's like what a poem is to a novel. Like a poem is just like yeah. a very distilled, like uh. small view of of some truth or some story, some narrative. Mm, it can be. Yeah, I don't know. I think you get a lot of pushback there. I think poems often can convey and have a lot more depth than prose. Well, that's all. But I do see what you're trying to say in your analogy. I mean, if it's like too short story versus novel, maybe that. Yeah. When the road diverges in the yellow wood, like that's a little mini story and we're supposed to get something from that. That is not, or it could be the quote. I know. Okay. (laughs) All right. I love you. As long as you're aware, the, Two yellow woods diverged on a road. Okay, just stop. Stop. (laughs) All the English teachers are like, you fail. Um, Anyway, all that to say, yes, yes, my life should reflect a higher reality. Which I guess what I am saying here is like, I just want to say I'm so proud of you. Like as your wife, like I'm really thankful just for how the Lord is speaking to you and how you're making these connections and your willingness to suffer even in our home and recognize that okay we have an opportunity to be little christs here and bring restoration in this world we live in and i'm really thankful that like yeah you're you're thinking about it and and your mind is being shaped and renewed by god's word um so that that's how you view our home and your role in it i don't know thank you yeah and i'm i appreciate how you encourage me and you very readily come alongside and encourage me and negotiate with me on how to (laughs) figure things out. I think, I think it's good. Yeah. And then I think one thing that is a nice kind of cherry on top for this little adventure that we've been on with our house is I feel like having our friends over to cook Peruvian food, like was unbeknownst to us, a celebration of finishing a Mm. lot of the home things. Yeah. Cause like we finally stained the deck We've got hot water and AC. We've got the gate on the deck built. We've got the gutters cleared out. We've got yes. the gutter guards pretty much oh put up. Gosh. And then we had some friends over and we cooked some amazing Peruvian food. Oh, so good. And we talked for like... Arroz con pollo, mi amigos. Es muy bueno. It's very good. So we talked for like six hours and it was just like a really fun evening. Yeah. To like hang out with some friends or a colleague of mine, colleagues of mine. Um, and I just felt like... Something about a meal, yeah, which is also like a, there's suffering or there's work that goes yes. in, and then there's like something good and enjoyable which, at the end, like the hope of like I suffer cooking yeah. the chicken and I suffer, like I'm I'm working to do the things, but then there's a hope of like something good at the end, yeah. So like even preparing a meal and then having a good meal with friends is a kind of in of itself like a picture of this meta narrative. Kind Yes, I see what you're saying. Well, and it's also interesting because when I was having my really mopey, the world is falling apart and what is the point in futile and blah, blah, day, <laughs> I was talking with my boss about it and just telling him like, this is where I am. I'm really struggling. Also really missing my baby. Like, this is just, the world's broken. It stinks, stinks, honestly. And he acknowledged it and kind of chuckled and was like, yeah, that's real. But then he encouraged me in that same moment to remember that that deck is going to host a lot of barbecues and a lot of people sitting on the front porch with us. The air conditioning and hot water is going to allow us to have, take care of our family and any one that we host in our home. Like he just encouraged me to see that like, yes, there are these points of decay where you do have to bring restoration, but also it's like for the purpose of like loving people well and like serving people and getting to welcome people into our home. I don't know. And that just seemed to fit with what you were saying about the meal together of, yes, we do have these points where yes, the world is broken, but also within this brokenness, even though it is so, so broken, there is goodness, um, which is kind of more of a miracle in and of itself. Right. How is there any goodness? Right. Why isn't it all terrible? And I just appreciated that in that moment where I was definitely very cynical. Um, And I'm not usually like that. I just appreciated that he was like, okay, okay, cool. Acknowledged. Yes. However, remember. Yeah. That like. That's not the whole story. Yes. Remember that there's a miracle of goodness here. Yeah. Um, 
And in the moment when he said that, I was like, well, I know. But it really is, yeah, really, really good to be reminded about that. Yeah. Anyway, so I appreciate you journaling about that and showing it to me because it kind of inspired me to, to be like, oh, we should talk about that. And I think that's a cool, it's an interesting idea to think about. Yeah. So anyway, I've had a lot of long conversations on the podcast and we're not even at an hour yet. So maybe this will be a, a short one where we can just keep it less than an hour. There you go. Unless you have other thoughts. I mean, I I think all of this relates to just life and death and all of that. But that's, I mean, it's the same conversation. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, it's the circle of conversation that never ends. They can make a movie about that. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. Before we devolve into a decaying conversation, I think we should end it here. Oh, I am curious, though. Oh, never mind. I mean, we can end it. But I'm curious because the law of entropy is just one of the laws of physics in our world. Like, that is a thing. Yes. So then I'm, I just think about that, like, with heaven and with the new heaven and the new earth. Will entropy no longer be a thing? Because God is not bound by our laws of thermodynamics. Yeah. And just... I don't know. I play with yeah. that in my head yeah. too sometimes. One of the laws in thermodynamics is that if anything happens spontaneously, it must increase the entropy of the universe. Entropy being? Being disorder, chaos. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to describe it, but okay. the easy listening version is disorder and chaos, mm -hmm. the decay. Mm -hmm. um, and if And there are processes that decrease entropy, but they require energy. Right. They require effort. Yeah. They require work. And if you do expend that energy, you got that energy from some other process that increased entropy. Right. So we are literally in a universe where the net result overall, it will be decay. Yeah. As far as we know, as far as we understand the laws of physics, like you can't win. You can make little pockets of order and whatever, but it's all falling apart. Which is just such a bummer. Which is why we do not put our hope in this life because... Amen, brother. There's no hope. <laughs> the, anyway, sun, the sun so will burn out eventually. That's just something else that I think about in relation to this is like how there's even the nerdy thermodynamics side of it and our God exists beyond that and how does that work theologically. Yeah, it's so, interesting to think about. Yeah. but I, I have nothing else because I'm not that philosophically developed yet. But It's okay. Well, I say we sleep on it. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you guys have a great day. Yep. Bye.